and the development of a crisis management program across the enterprise to include both HR and business continuity and the executive team addressing those crises that come up, assigning roles so people are ready to go should that switch be needed to be turned on. Welcome to the Rain Insights on Security podcast with Brian Lynch. I'm Emily Donahue. In this edition, Rain founder David Lawrence discusses with Brian Lynch the details of an overall holistic approach to maintaining a secure workplace, from threat management to team training. Let's listen in. Brian, once again, it's a uh, pleasure to be able to speak with you and um, a very, very timely topic uh, around workplace violence, workplace safety. And uh thought it might be good if we, just for the benefit of the audience, just sort of review your background a little bit. And then I want to talk about specific issues which are absolutely uh, top of mind. Yeah, sounds great, David. It's great to be with you again. I spent almost 23 years in the FBI as a special agent, worked a number of different violations and investigations, and then led the terrorist financing operations section for a time and ended my career as the deputy director of the Terrorist Screening Center. And then after my bureau career, I joined the Vanguard Group as its head of global security and retired from Vanguard after 10 plus years of uh, handling that position. And then uh, joined your great firm, Rain, in July of this year as executive director of safety and security. And we're uh, obviously... We and our clients are very fortunate to have you. And just, you know, for the audience's benefit, because the word Vanguard uh, appears in a a wide range of different corporate spaces, uh, this Vanguard group, uh, where you led these security and risk efforts, is the $6 trillion uh, mutual fund and asset management firm uh, based in uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, So it's great to have you. Um, Brian, one one of... the unique aspects of what you developed both at the FBI, but, you know, within Vanguard was a holistic approach to the issue of security, intertwining it with uh, everything from operational risk, cyber risk, business continuity. And I'll, I'll, I'll refer to this as creating a an overall level of confidence amongst um, the employee base. Maybe you can just unpack for us how you think about security. And, and for those who may not be familiar with Vanguard, Vanguard is actually a global asset management firm with offices all around the world, including uh, in Asia. But Brian, maybe you can, again, uh, talk about this holistic approach to security and the programs that you've created. Sure, David. I'll be glad to. I have always been a proponent of teams and uh, attacking the security program, both in the Bureau and at the Vanguard Group, I believe is only done through a team effort. 
And I hearken back to the time that I led uh, Joint Terrorism Task Forces comprised of over 33 different agencies, the game plan of which was to address and mitigate and stop terrorist events uh, while I was in the Philadelphia office of the FBI. And then taking that concept to the private sector and looking at the security goal from a team approach, a holistic approach, meaning it's just not based on the global security team's efforts, but it's a coordinated holistic approach across the enterprise to include entities or departments within the company and also partners outside the company that come together for a common mission, which is to protect the firm, its assets, and its people. And so I, I know that it's a cliche and it's actually a point of frustration for many chief security officers and chief information security officers that the job is not just viewed as, as one of glocks and locks, as they uh, sometimes say, a matter of guns and physical security. So maybe you can talk to us a little bit about how you go about assessing the exposures to an enterprise understanding what those issues are and bringing the necessary teams around to manage and uh, mitigate those risks. Yes, David, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, for me, it really came back to defining the global security program mission and goals of what you were trying to protect, but also achieve and we focused those efforts around key assets and identifying key assets that we were charged with protecting. And then once you define the assets, then you can define the programs that support that goal. And as you know, from my perspective, it's it's really important to rank those programs. Uh, so that you can properly manage it, meaning that you're providing the proper resources and budget to your highest priority programs. And, you know, for us and for, I'm sure, everybody on the call, the threat program or the management of threats to the firm was our number one priority, and I'm sure is everybody's number one priority. And, you know, once you identify that and state that, then it becomes the focus of the team and ensuring that the threat program is the primary focus of the global security team. I think it's hard to do that unless you've defined what that focus should be via a ranking system. And that takes a little bit of effort, right? It, it, it looks at all of the different programs that you have. Uh, and all the threat vectors that you may encounter, and then deciding which ones are most important. And, and that's really driven, I think, by the type of business and the culture of the entity of the firm. But it really comes down to protecting people, I believe. And, uh, you know, and once you define the mission, the goals, the key assets, the uh, number one focus area, uh, that's in addition to what you would 
develop as your overall site security construct, uh, which includes you know all the things that you would think of in a global security department, uh, the access control systems, the CCTV or camera coverage, the guards at the gates, uh, intercoms, the rest alarms, all those those things, those hardware items, uh, are uh, are part of the site security construct. But that only provides a base level, and then you have to get into, you know, the 400 level, if you will, if you want to equate that to academia, of how do you build a program around that. So just to expand that, and I know this is um, part of your mission uh, within RAIN, which is to offer clients a scalable, we'll call it in-source model for assessing risk. And I've heard you speak to a variety of clients. Number one, the importance of understanding the history of what an enterprise has faced. What are the issues that, you know, you've had to deal with in the past? And that could be anything from, God forbid, an active shooter situation, you know, anonymous threats, protests, and uh, people appearing um, at the doorstep of the homes of critical personnel and key executives, uh, the cyber issues, uh, what I'll refer to as, and you referenced, uh, you know, cameras and physical security, um, whether, you know, some firms have been hacked, some firms have not had the most intelligent choices of products and, you know, have bought products that are particularly vulnerable. But obviously, uh, and I've heard you speak about this, understand the history of the institution and what are the challenges that you've had to face? Two, understand broadly within the industry what have been the industry risks with the assumption that if something has happened to you know, a competitor, it could happen to you. If something has happened in another geographic location with your industry, is there a threat or risk that it could happen you know, where you are? The third is the ability to you know, draw from beyond your own sources of information. Everybody has a network, but to expand that network, whether it's within the industry, broadly within uh, various working groups, the law enforcement community, some of the outreach efforts that the FBI, Homeland Security, etc., have to make sure that you're staying current with at least official advisements uh, of what the threat environment looks like. And then the other, we'll call it, you know, you talked about three legs or, you know, let's call it the fourth leg, which is the ability to monitor social media and what's happening within the geographic locations of your offices, but also around, you know, anything that you your company might be doing from a business standpoint, from a social standpoint, um, possibly even you know, political activity that your firm might be involved in or key personnel might be involved in. And um, if you could maybe expand again about those sort of four quarters of information and how does a firm make it accessible and scalable and how can a firm perhaps begin to pull this information in even if they don't have a chief security officer or if they do have such a person, it's, it may be an army of one or two, and how they can leverage um, what I'll refer to as the platform that you're building. 
Yes, gr great points. And we have had conversations with our clients around uh, those items that you've discussed. And what we're providing to our clients is the ability to design a program that meets their culture and their uh, key assets and uh, meeting the uh, end game, which is what are they trying to accomplish? And uh, we have had uh, numerous conversations, as you know, with our clients around that. And, and what we're trying to accomplish is a little bit of structure on how do we accomplish the goal. So once we've established the goal, which is to protect a list of key assets, then within the culture of that company, within the industry in which they sit, let's decide on what the threat vectors might be and then what the culture of the firm would allow you to do. Uh, and that's really driven by uh, the, the type of business and the workforce and where that workforce is situated, uh, who makes up the workforce, uh, how many offices are there, and what really drives, I think, the footprint of what that security plan looks like is an intelligence program. And we can, and we've had, we have assisted our clients in developing that intelligence program, which influences the security game plans that are being developed to protect those key assets and to meet the goals. So that, that intelligence program uh, in, in my opinion, is critical. In the Bureau, uh, we used to say that intelligence drives ops. Intelligence information drives operational success. And it's the same thing in the private sector. And uh, we, we help our clients design the security, I'm sorry, the intelligence program to help us define that plan, as I mentioned before. And that can be both internal and external based intelligence. So we have assisted firms in what we call our risk intelligence briefs, which are specific to their key assets, and it provides information that is germane to uh, the threat vectors that may be uh, uh, out there related to either the industry, the firm, its sites, or its key people or employees. Uh, and then, you know, we also uh, assist the, the firms in possibly developing an internal program of w what is the internal uh, uh, threat process uh, relative to the company. How are they managing any threats that might come from their employees? And do they have a threat assessment team established? And we can help and we've ha we have helped our clients in designing and developing that threat assessment team. That's really a, a three-sided uh, approach. It's legal department, it's the HR or human resources department, and it's the global security department forming a team to address and to mitigate any threats that might occur from onboarded employees. Okay. So, um, again, I'm just going to draw upon uh, my hearing you speak to a wide variety of clients here, Brian. But one of the elemental points or the gating points is why why security intersects with literally every aspect. And it and while people say security, it is as much about preserving the operations of a company, maintaining the confidence of the workforce, 
and business continuity. And against a wide range of everything from natural disasters to some of the man-made um, disasters as well. And um, I'd like you to maybe expand a little bit about the importance of integrating the resources that traditionally are held in a box of security into HR, into business continuity planning, uh, into risk assessment process of uh, the profile of a company, into the travel plans of, of an organization and key personnel. Compounding with that, I, I just want to define something. When you talk about assets, I've heard you say, you know, for every organization, the most important assets are the people. There's also obviously physical assets and intellectual property and various uh, R&D, but people first and foremost. So maybe you can just talk again about the integration of that approach uh, across the different stages of a company and its operations. And it really comes back to the holistic approach that we talked about at the beginning of this podcast about integrating a number of different areas inside of a firm to accomplish the mission of protecting people and locations and data, et cetera. And it really comes down to uh, the ranking that we talked about before and then the programs that will fit under the workplace safety program itself, uh, which is owned not just by the global security team, but by the enterprise. Whether you're talking about threat management, uh, how do threats become known by the global security departments at firms? Typically through employees or through the intelligence program that we talked about before. So there's an integrated approach there. And typically you find that through maybe human resources, uh, through management that might see or observe uh, issues with an employee. Uh, or if external, it's through the intelligence program that we talked about using partners that are external to the company that help address comments that may be made uh, about the firm or about its employees that may be made on social media, for example. Uh, if you're talking about uh, executive protection, it's certainly a partnership between the executive, the C-suite, and the global security team on what does that program look like? And it really comes down to melding that program into the likes of what the C-suite executives would like to see. And then the art is preparing that program that meets that desired approach, but also meets the goal of protecting the, the executives. I don't think you can talk about threats without talking about crisis management and the development of a crisis management program across the enterprise to include both HR and human resources, but also business continuity and the executive team, uh, addressing those crises that come up, assigning roles, ensuring that there is particular planning around that and some tabletop exercises so that people understand their roles and responsibilities and are ready to go should that switch be needed to be turned on. And then, you know, one of the last things that we talked about uh, in this in this uh, workplace safety program, uh, really, there's there's uh, uh, two particular tenets that I'd like to touch on. The first is terminations and and the way in which the company performs those. And 
you know, you've seen a lot of issues uh, in the news, unfortunately, about the manner in which employees were terminated and, uh, and the effect that that had on an employee. And that employee became a problem for that company, uh, either uh, through uh, lawsuits or visits to the firm or threats that might be made. And in, in a small percentage of these cases, but nonetheless, a high impact is when you would see uh, some active shooter type situation occur. So it's really critically important that the termination process is done in a way that doesn't victimize the employee. It provides assistance and uh, there is a uh, an overarching strategy to ensure that you care about that employee as they're moving on to their next uh, situation in their life. It's that duty to care component that should be across all of these programs. And then you mentioned travel security and special events management, you know, all of those items where you have employees outside of the normal environment of the workplace, but they are nonetheless on the job, but at a different location that you should provide and, and do provide some security oversight on. And that's where the intelligence program certainly comes into play. But I think what, what really sets this apart is the, the overarching duty to care that the employer has for their employees. And one last point on that. We used to have a saying when, when I was at Vanguard that you're either getting better or getting worse uh, every day because the world is getting more complex. So the key is to ensure that you are partnered with the right partners externally and that you are partnered with the right partners internally to accomplish that goal, that end goal of protecting people. And uh, while I was at Vanguard, we, we were a client of RAIN and we used RAIN for some of our intelligence products and they were obviously uh, very capable of providing us with the information that we needed. Uh, so I, uh, from a consumer perspective, was was part of the RAIN network from that perspective as well. Very helpful points. I want to make sure we're not turning this into an infomercial about RAIN, but you're touching upon sort of the very foundational points about why we brought a network and exchange together because of the need to look at things holistically. And I know you've been actively involved, Brian, with the response to the pandemic, people working remotely. There are obviously information security challenges, but there are also responsibilities that companies now have to get not only information to their people that they can trust and rely upon, but also that they have the information in turn that as offices hopefully you know, continue to reopen, that they have the data they need, they understand the best in terms of uh, equipment and safeguards and things like that. Before there was COVID-19, there were plenty of warnings. And I know there was the scare around Ebola. There was MERS. There was SARS. There was the swine flu. And there were plenty of warnings from very, very credible sources and reports around the potential for a global pandemic. So I know that part of what you have been driving here is the ability to take the lessons learned from prior incidents, even if they were not cataclysmic, the lessons learned from within an industry, the lessons that you know law enforcement, the regulatory community either are trying to convey or have conveyed, and to also understand within your own organization what historically has happened and what could happen. 
those are essential points. These are not easy tasks, and I know the platform, the informational and the expert insight platform that you have built and you are building can be sort of a critical and scalable uh, tool. So with that point, I just have one final question to pose to you, and that is why security in its holistic sense, the duty to care and for people working within an institution to understand that an organization has embraced that duty to care and that responsibility is so important from a morale standpoint, confidence standpoint, behavioral standpoint, and uh, employee retention standpoint. Maybe we could just grab two minutes on on that point as well. Yes, uh, thanks, David. It's a great, great point to um, to end on. You know, our our belief was that it's critically important that the employees understand that the firm has their best interests at heart. And that takes the form of many different avenues. One that we felt we played was in ensuring their safety and security when they were employed at Vanguard. And we took that very seriously, as did executive management at the firm. And we were able to build a a global security program. We called it an eight-phase program. And we were able to receive funding and resourcing for that program. But generally, it's about the employee coming to work and understanding that their company cares about them. And as you and I have discussed on on numerous occasions, uh, particularly with our clients, it's really about uh, expectations. And, you know, there's a new paradigm that we've seen, I think, over the last 10 years, probably, maybe longer, that employees expect a heck of a lot more from their employers than just a paycheck. And I don't want to downplay the fact that, you know, we are getting paid for what we do, but it's a lot more than that. It's it's the social justice programs. It's how the company feels about its employees, not only through words, but through actions. And we really focused on ensuring that we met expectations. So we did not want to have any unfulfilled expectations around the safety and security of people and to our clients while at Rain is ensuring that we understand the expectations of our client so that we can build the programs that matter to them in the culture of the firm and the employees in which they hire and come to work every day. Great final point. Brian, a conversation to be continued, and I know you're working on some very exciting technology products that should be helpful keep people safer, more secure, and have that confidence in their institutions. So more to come. Again, thanks for a a very, very thoughtful conversation. Thank you, David. RAIN can assist clients with establishing and developing their workplace safety programs as part of their duty to care for their employees. To learn more about RAIN and our security services, visit rainnetwork.com slash join. That's rain, R-A-N-E, network.com slash join. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening.